Hello, and welcome to the Accountability Coach Podcast, where we discuss proven business success principles related to helping you make more money and work less so you can enjoy even better work-life balance. And Backrack here. Today, we're honored to have a very special guest with us. Now, as you know, I typically don't have guests on my show. However, I thought this person's message was important for everyone to hear because as you probably know, I do believe in work-life balance and the importance of having work-life balance. As a busy working mom and wife, Tamika Isaac Devine understands the challenges that come along with trying to excel both at home and at work. Tamika's personal passion is in helping working moms conquer overwhelm in order to perform their best at work and at home. She is an advocate for women in leadership and speaks on work-life balance and integration, leadership and networking, along with politics and community engagement. Additionally, she's authored multiple books, including Think Like a CEO, Act Like a Mom, The Pursuit of Work-Life Integration, where she shares the perfect blend of sage advice and personal anecdotes to explain how working moms can truly have it all. Tamika is an elected official, an attorney, and a leading expert and speaker on work-life integration for busy working moms and whose insights have been featured on CNN, MSNBC, Forbes, Jet Magazine, and more. Well, welcome, Tamika. We appreciate you joining us today. Oh, thank you so much, Anne, and I'm so honored to be here. I am a big fan of your podcast, and I love the information that you share to help people with work-life balance, and so I'm just honored to be able to, to be here and speak with you today. Well, let's just start with something kind of simple, but yet powerful. I'm sure you've got a great answer to this question. So describe for us your definition of work-life integration. So yes, it, it sounds simple, but I think it's it's a hard concept sometimes for people to grasp. But for me, work-life integration is um, integrating or finding uh, synergies and harmonies between who you are professionally and who you are personally. Because if you are truly uh, have have a professional life that you love and adore, uh, it is part of who you are. You don't really turn the the light off of the woman or man as the attorney or the teacher or the business owner at five o'clock. Typically our work lives kind of seep into our personal and our personal seeps into our work life as well. And so trying to find uh, the synergies and harmony between both um, so that it allows you to perform and excel um, in both um, in a way that's meaningful and powerful for you. And then I also definitely believe that um, if you are doing that, not only are you happier, but all those people around you are happier and they're able to see how work and life are really part of the, you know, two sides of the same coin. You can actually be a role model for others then around you is what you're saying as well. They look at you and go, wow, how did you do that? I want the same thing for my life, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I'm always kind of blown away. And that's really how I kind of, um, I, I say, stumbled into doing this professionally as well. I mean, like I said, uh, like you said in the intro, I'm an elected official and I'm an attorney. You know, I already had enough professionally on my plate, um, but I started the speaking and consulting and coaching because I had so many people who were seeing the way I was living my life professionally and personally and would come to me and say, Tamika, how do you do it? 
you seem to make it look so easy. And I can't always say it's easy, but I'm very intentional with the way I live my life. And I believe that, you know, I'm passionate about the work that I do and want to excel professionally. But I also believe that the reason more people don't is because they don't know kind of how to make that work. And so it really is like I ended up being a unintended role model for folks. And so I've turned that that passion for helping others into a business. And it's been able to be not only a role model for professional people, but also a role model for, for uh, young people and my kids. My, my daughter, my uh, just turned 10 year old daughter is a best-selling author. And she actually, um, and has her own t-shirt company. She started both of those businesses because she saw mommy and what mommy does. And she decided that she wanted to do it as well. Oh, that's, oh, I love those stories. I just got chills. I love, love, love those stories. That's great. Well, so we've already just talked about a few benefits of why work-life balance and integration is so important to us. What are some of the other benefits that you see for work-life integration, whether it's uh, business or personal? Any other benefits? I mean, I definitely say uh, a benefit is just being able to live life on your own terms. I think that so many of us uh, hold ourselves up um, and want to look at what others are doing and somewhat compare ourselves or compare our situation to theirs and realize that the rules that may work for them don't work for us. I mean, I, I think about as I was growing up and seeing particularly professional women, and I saw growing up a lot of professional women who didn't, weren't also family, weren't also moms because they made that choice. And I think that so many times when we are trying to do everything, but we're not working to have work-life integration or achieve some kind of synergy in our life between our professional goals and aspirations and our personal, we get stressed and overwhelmed so that nothing works right. You know, you have, you kind of have that mess everywhere. And so um, a benefit is certainly being able to, you know, live your life on your own terms intentionally. And then the sub benefit to that is being able to be happier and less stressed because you are not holding yourself out for other people's expectations, but you're actually designing your own expectations. You're you're living by your own rules, which I think helps you not only feel better, but again, it helps you excel and do more professionally and personally because you don't see the limits on what other people might have put on you. You said the word intentional a few times, which I love that word intentional, being intentional about how we want to do things. So let's say that, you know, some of us are workaholics, for lack of a better way to say it. And we think, oh, my gosh, how in the world am I even going to be able to achieve work-life balance or work-life integration? What are some of the steps that we might have to take to begin to make that transformation so we can enjoy the work-life integration aspect? Oh, awesome, awesome question. One of the things I think the, the first step for many of us is to understand what motivates us, what drives us. I, I say, what is your why? Most of us, our why is to live, you know, a good life. But what is the what is the definition of a good life for you? And and how do you define that? And then what and knowing what encompasses that good life. And so, you know, you ask yourself, you want to work to make money. 
Uh, you want to make enough money to live a comfortable life. You want to live a comfortable life so that you're not stressed. You want to you want to not be stressed so that you can be happier. You want to have more. You, you want to be happier so that you can then, you know, spend more time with your family and friends, you know, kind of understanding, kind of getting down to what the real tr true why is. And so for me, my motivation, my why is my family. It's my kids and my husband and they drive everything that I do. And so one of the things I tell people a lot and a lot of the women is kind of an aha moment for women that I work with is so many, particularly women, but I, I find men as well who will use their family, you know, their, um, you know, I have small children, I have elderly parents I'm taking care of, you know, they'll use their family um, who is the reason that they do things and they'll use that kind of as an excuse as to not do something. So I can't take that promotion because I'll have to travel more and it'll take me away from my kids more and I don't want to do that. Or I can't start the business right now because I got to save for college because my kids are going to college or I can't take this position or I can't do I can't run for office because I have elderly parents and they really depend on me. But I, I say flip that in and use your why as the reason why you should do something. So I use the example about um, my daughter and her being an author and, ha and an entrepreneur. That's not something that I told her to do. That's not something um, that I even gave her an inkling that to do. She did it because she saw me. So that's another example. My kids are actually the reason why I should do things because not only do they see mom happy and living my life and excelling professionally and, and helping people in the community, but then they see that as, well, I can do that as well. And so if you understand truly what is your North Star, who is your why, what is your why, and then use that why as your motivation to do what you want to do professionally, per personally, you will be able to say, okay, this work-life integration, this work-life balance, this work-life harmony, whatever term you want to call it, this is important because this will allow me to actually be present and intentional in everything that I do professionally and personally and live that life that I really truly desire. So I, I think that that is kind of a long way of just saying that the first step is understanding why. And, and those are the important reasons why. Um, and then once you know the why, I tell people all the time, the how will be easy to figure out because you, you're motivated to figure out the, the how because the why is so important to you not being able to figure it out is not an option for you. So essentially, why is it so hard for business owners really to achieve the work-life integration and balance? Maybe it's because they haven't asked themselves that particular question and really come up with their true why. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, definitely. And just an example of that, Anne, is, you know, I have a, a business owner that I work with on, on things and she has a very successful business. She has uh, kids that are very high achieving kids as well. And, you know, she's worked hard so she can pay for the tutors and the private school. And she, you know, and she was so much working in the business to make money so that she could provide the things for her kids that she was realizing that, um, but she was still stressed out. And after kind of talking about her why, and, you know, it was very evident, she was clear that the why was the kids, but the why uh, that she wanted to provide them was really not being provided. And she had to understand that working hard is a given, but figuring out how do you work 
smarter versus harder so that you are still being able to have a successful business, generate the income to provide the things that you want, but it's not about necessarily providing the things for your kids if you're not personally there um, because her kids you know, she was missing a whole lot because she was still working so hard in her business, but she felt like I have to because I have to have the private school and the tutor and all this other stuff. And she was missing out on the experiences that was going to be important for those kids. So when we focused in on her why and then the how became easier and she realized that the how, the how she was providing the things that she felt her kids needed uh, wasn't exactly, it wasn't congruent with what she really thought she was doing. And so I think if you can figure that out, again, it makes it easier when you figure out you can do the how you get it done. And so now she's spending a lot, probably almost the same amount of time in her business, but she's spending it in a different way so that she's freed up to do a whole lot more with her kids. So it's being intentional, but it also sounds like to me that you're saying it's choices on how we spend our time. So maybe reevaluating how we spend our time, so it's choice, right? We choose every second of every day how we ever choose to use that, right? Exactly, you're exactly. I mean, I think it, one of the chapters in my book, I have a whole chapter about saying no. Um, and I think that sometimes that's really hard for us. And so the whole saying no chapter is about making choices and we make choices every day. I would venture to say that probably the majority of the choices that we make to, uh, on a day Uh, may support someone else's goals and vision and might not completely align with our goals and vision. And we've got to flip that around and learn how to say no to other things so that we're saying yes more to what we want to do and what will align with where we want to go. And I always like the, the fact that I always tell my clients, too, that you can always say yes later, right? If you really still want to do it, you can always say yes later. So just saying no today doesn't mean you have to say no forever if it's something you really want to do and it comes back around to you being able to do that. Would you agree with that? Wholeheartedly. Um, because again, you, the what's priority for you will change as well. One of the things that I do, I, de- I weekly do you know, my to-do list, but I prioritize it. Something may be one or two priority today or this week, And six months from now, it may not be as high a priority depending on where I am in my life at that time. So, yeah, saying no today doesn't mean you can't go back to it. But the other thing for that, Anne, is saying no does also doesn't mean that um, what you're saying no to isn't important or isn't valued. It just may also mean that it doesn't align with what will move you forward right now. And so like an example I'll give is I am asked to be on tons of boards and commissions for great causes, things that are very near and dear to my heart. But I know with my time, with my businesses, with my public official life, with my family, I have very limited time. And so the way I choose to spend my time, my quote free time, I would prefer to be able to spend more time with my family because the work takes me out so much. And so the the community service aspect that I used to thrive on and be on all these, you know, nonprofit boards and commissions and loved it just doesn't work and align with me right now. And so when I'm asked to be on a new board or something, I say no, 
Um, it doesn't mean that I don't support the cause. It doesn't mean it's not important to me. But where I could probably better serve that organization is to maybe find someone else who would be an amazing board member that will also, you know, support the goals and missions of that group. And that person can has the time to dedicate to it. And then my support may be more so in, you know, a financial contribution or, you know, sharing information about their cause. And so my saying no I might be saying no to the specific ask of me being a board member, but I'm actually not really saying no. I'm still getting them what they need, a, bo a great board member that will serve their purpose. But my my yes ends up being more in the form of financial support or still supporting the cause as opposed to my personal time. Yeah, or like you said, it could be ideas. I mean, you have expertise that you can lend them that would also be valuable. So that's that's really great. In addition to your saying no as a chapter in your book, is there also a chapter where they can learn how to really dig deep on their why? Yes. Um, actually, the very first chapter talks about your why. Um, and and way I frame it and going with the title, um, you know, think like a CEO, act like a mom. You know, CEOs of companies, you know, they are the, you know, the driving force and they think every day, how do I, you know, make sure that my company is, you know, moving in um, alignment with our mission and our goals? How are we serving, you know, our shareholders and our customers? How are we, you know, positioning ourselves strategically for that next move? You know, other things like that. So how do you think about your life that way? And in order for you to do that same assessment on your life and your business and your family, you have to understand your why. So in that chapter, we talk about, you know, how, you know, what are the tools that maybe even CEOs or board of directors go through to figure out, you know, what are their, what's their strategic plan? What's their mission? What, what's their mission? What's their vision? And as you go through that, you will really ultimately dig down deep to what your why is or who your why is, and then also understand where you want to go to make sure that you are being true to your why as you still excel professionally and you know move forward in your career. Well, speaking about your book and these two great chapters, what would you say are maybe is another important concept or are other concepts that you have in the book that you think are important for people to grasp in being able to really implement this work-life integration? Well, definitely throughout the book, I share, you know, personal anecdotes, things that I've kind of gone through. One, I, I would definitely think, and I think a, a lot of uh, professionals deal with this, is kind of that that guilt of if I am, you know, working, you know, hard to build my business, am I missing out on other things? And and how do you kind of deal with that guilt, confront that guilt, and then understand, you know, why it's there? And, and how do you address it so that you don't actually have that guilt, but you understand going back to the choices, going back to, you know, what the choices you're making and how those choices not only affect you, but affect those who are around you. So I guess some anecdotes about that. A big one, I think, is understanding what works for you. It may be completely different than what you've learned before or someone's told you before or what works for other people. And I share a story in the book 
when I was when I was first elected, I was single, no kids. I was very, uh, of course, engaged in the community. I'd go to as many community meetings as I could. I'd be out there doing different events. And, you know, as I got married, started having kids, I couldn't go to as many meetings. And so I, I figured out other ways to serve my community or be present for my constituents. So I, I, I do open houses and I do scheduled meetings versus just showing up at a community meeting evening because I had kids. Uh, but one year, uh, one time there was a community that had some issues and they really wanted me present at a com evening community community meeting. And so I was like, okay, I have to go. My husband had some things to do. So I had my daughter at the time. I only had one child. Thank gosh, I have three now. So I don't know how this would have worked out then. But um, I took I took her, my daughter with me. I swung through the McDonald's drive through at the time, picked up a happy meal because it was the only really thing on the way. I went to the meeting, sat her down um, with her coloring books and her happy meal. Um, it had apples in it, applesauce. So I thought it had some healthiness in it. But and so I took my seat at the at the front table and this, you know, older woman who, you know, probably grew up in a generation where mom stayed at home and that was, you know, expected and 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 she felt that that's probably where I should have been. And she came over and, and gave me her, her judgment that, you know, that that was not a real dinner for my child. And I should have been home cooking dinner for my child instead of at the meeting that they asked me to come to. And it, it was my first kind of slap in the face of kind of that mom judgment or mom shaming that people get. But I also had to realize that, you know, this woman's perspective and the rules um, that she learned growing up are different than, you know, working moms these days and that I didn't need to take offense to her judgment. Um, I just that's her opinion. And, you know, but I have to work or do what works for me. And so I give that antidote in the chapter where I talk about just understanding, you know, what works for you, what, you know, and understanding that what you do may not go in the lines of what people think, uh, you know, working parents should do or a CEO. Um, you know, a lot of men feel like, I'm the breadwinner, I need to be working. And so, you know, th th there's no way I can tell, you know, a, a group of people that I can't have a 4.30 meeting because I have in my son's soccer game. Well, yes, you can. Just because that's not what may have been the norm for some people doesn't mean it can't be a rule for you. So I talk about that as well. And, and just lastly, one of my favorite chapters and is understanding how to hire your weakness. And, and what I mean by that is, um, figuring out the things that are not a real good value for your time and figuring out how to still get them done, but, but not necessarily taking time out of your busy schedule to do it. So whether it is hiring somebody to help you clean the house or hiring somebody to do the grocery shopping for you or, you know, having a virtual assistant that can do some of the day-to-day -to -day items that, you're, that are more routine in your office that take up more of your time. Figure out things that help you work more, um, be more productive in work and in life so that it frees you up to not be so stressed out, feeling like you have to do everything yourself. Boy, that was awesome. I, I totally agree. And that's one reason why, another reason why actually, that I have you on the show today because we think so much alike and I'm really glad to get your perspective on this. Not letting, quote, peer pressure, you know, affect your choices and decisions because what works for you is not necessarily the same as something that works for somebody else and not letting what they say or do impact, you know, your beliefs and your why and how you want to handle your life. That's super powerful. Love that. Any other favorite tips or strategies that you want to share with people about helping them achieve work-life integration? 
I have to say, when I think about like, so a lot of things, what I do with my clients or even in the book, I, I definitely try and give people very actionable, practical tips like the hiring your weakness and, you know, going through the exercise of understanding your why. If I had to say what my very favorite work-life integration tip or strategy, it's not actually something practical that people think you can do, although there are steps that are practical to it, but it is it is practicing grace and gratitude. And what I mean by that is, first of all, practicing grace in that, number one, you have to afford yourself grace. Every day is not going to be perfect. Everything that you do is not going to be perfect. But, you know, tomorrow's a new day. Uh, instead of dwelling on what happened that, you know, wasn't completely in alignment with what you wanted or didn't go as planned, you know, suck it up, move on, say, okay, this is why it didn't work out. And I'll learn from that and move on. But, you know, definitely practice grace, you know, especially right now, you know, we're all kind of still transitioning and, you know, learning, quote, you know, what everybody calls our new normal, you know, how are you, you know, managing kids who are learning remotely or how are you possibly working remotely and, and dealing with that? How are you getting out even when the new the networking events that you're used to going to or the conferences that you used to going to are different. How do you do all those things? And so right now we're in a different world. And so things are definitely not going to be always perfect, but you've got to exercise grace, um, give yourself grace and not beat yourself up about it. In that same vein, you want to um, give other people grace as well, because there are, there are going to be people that you interact with that may do things that aren't great and, and give them grace. Cause if you want, people to give you grace and you give them grace as well. And then the gratitude part is, is, is really a no brainer. And I've heard you talk about this too, but um, be grateful, be grateful for everything that you have, even the things that aren't necessarily ex exactly like you want it um, right this second, be grateful for it because it'll be a stepping stone to something else. Um, and so every single day, the practical tip around that is every single day I sit down in the morning and then the afternoon, I'd say in the morning, I say three things I'm grateful for. And then in the afternoon, I look back and I say three things I'm grateful for that actually happened today. And then I think about how I can improve upon those. And so, you know, I, I may say, you know, this may have been not necessarily a, a, a great week financially for me and my business. Instead of dwelling on that, I'm grateful for, you know, the people that I met that potentially will be the folks who make me more money next week. And so uh, Turner, be grateful for the things that you have, um, because I think it'll help you keep things in perspective. And again, help you be, live happier so that you're not dwelling on the negativity that sometimes this world presents to us. Oh, I love those two things, grace and gratitude. And speaking about grace, I always uh, tell my clients and they think that it's pretty funny. I even got a plaque about this. I found it in an out outside market. And I tell people, look, you're allowed to have your little five minute pity party, put your big girl or big boy pants on and move on. I just, I love the, the aspects of grace and gratitude, just uh, so powerful for all of us to be so appreciative and grateful because, you know, so many things we have, we don't always really say or understand how grateful we are compared to all the other people in the world that just don't have what we have. So I think really those two things are uh, super powerful. I believe you have something special for our listeners today. Is that right? 
Yes, definitely. I love talking to people just about strategy and tips and how do they achieve a better work-life integration, but even, you know, kind of coming up with their action plan. And so certainly want to invite any of your listeners to get a, a free uh, strategy session with me. And you can go to my website, um, adivinelife.com and sign up for that. Or actually you can go straight to the URL of free call dot a divine life.com and you can sign up for a free strategy session we can talk about what your goals are and come up with a, an action plan for the next three months on you know how do you start implementing those goals keeping primary on the forefront how do you achieve work-life integration so that you can get it all done great so it's free call dot a divine life.com is that right correct yes okay awesome well, any parting words, any other parting words? Otherwise, I, I super appreciate you being here and sharing <laughs> such great wisdom with us. Just so powerful. I'm still getting chills from everything that, that you talked about today. Anything else for our listeners before we sign off? Just uh, number one, just thank you to you, Anne. Thank you for the the light that you are in our world and, and helping people with accountability and success. I think that, you know, there is more of this needed. So just thank you so much for this opportunity to, to be on your platform and speak and thank you for, and continue to do your great job. And then the, the parting words for the listeners is just remember, um, so my website is adivinelife.com. And yes, divine is my name, but divine also is an acronym for doing everything victoriously while intentionally navigating expectations. So there's that word again, intentional. And mm. what I mean by that is that you can live the life that you desire and that you deserve, but you've got to live it with intention and you've got to be able to um, navigate expectations that you have of yourself and others have of you. And if you're able to do those things, then you will live the life that you desire and that you deserve your divine life. Awesome. Well, thanks again for taking the time out today to be with us. And I can wish you the best uh, life has to offer you and your family going forward. Take care and stay healthy. Thank you. Well, my hope for our time together with Tamika is that you got value and an idea or two that will help you be even more successful and be better at implementing work-life integration. Feel free to share my podcast with others as they can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries. If you'd like to get a short daily fix for me, subscribe to the Accountability Minute, which can be found on most podcast platforms and in most English-speaking countries as well. I'm going to put a few links to business success resources that may be able to help you with work-life integration. And always, always, always aim for what you want each and every day. Thanks for listening.